0: Chapter 16 Corvin cowered behind a large boulder as the Buriks left the cavern, celebrating their successful hunt with loud shrieks. The pain in his shoulder was dulled by an intense ache in his heart. In the few days he'd known Sarek they'd become more than traveling companions. He could not believe his friend was gone. The enormity of his situation began to sink in. He was far below the surface of the earth. No one else knew he was here, and no one would come looking for him, ever. He couldn't go back, yet how could he carry on without Sarek's help? How could he find Kate on his own? For the first time in his life, Corvin was truly alone. Tsarek's last words filled his mind with dread. Kate didn't have long to live. He had to forget about his fear and keep moving down to the core. The only hope was to locate the pointed roof of the temple priests. That must have been what Zarek meant when he raised his hands over his head. He knew he was about to be captured and was giving Corvin one last instruction. No, two, for the paws over his mouth told Corvin to keep quiet so he could escape the Burex. Zarek had given his life to save him. The cold penetrated his sweat-drenched clothes. If he didn't get dry ones on and start moving, hypothermia would set in. He pulled the pack closer with his foot, trying not to move his damaged shoulder. Both of the leather thongs that tied the top down were cut. Why would Tzarek have done that? Pulling the cover back, he discovered that Tzarek had retrieved the cloak and put it back into the pack. He slipped the cloak over his head and flipped the hood up. It felt wonderful to be warm again. With only one arm, it took a while to fashion a crude sling for his arm, but once the sling was in place, the pain began to subside. Faint patches of blue light were showing up around the cavern. Tzarek was right. They had found a way past the labyrinth. He struggled to his feet and dragged the heavy pack down the slope and into the clearing where Tsarek had been caught. If he didn't lighten his load, he wouldn't get much farther. As he pulled the rest of the clothes from the pack, the smell of wood smoke and beef jerky wafted out. His stomach growled. In this timeless world, there was no way of knowing when he'd last eaten. The wet labels had fallen off the tins, but he discovered it did not matter. He had left the can opener at home. If only Kate had not taken Sark's Swiss Army Knife. He picked out a familiar rectangular tin, a can of Spam, the kind with a key attached to open it. He flipped it over. The key had broken off. Anger welled up. Why was everything going wrong? He threw the can to the ground. Pain shot across his chest as the can bounced off a rock, cracked and landed in the dirt at his feet, neatly split open along the seam. He bent forward, placed it between his knees and peeled back the top with his good hand. Cold, gritty Spam. It had never tasted so good. Even with the tins out, the pack was still too heavy to carry with one arm. Reluctantly, he pulled out Tzarek's crystal and set it on the floor between his knees. There would be no more music from Tzarek. A tear fell onto the tapered crystal and slid down a length, leaving a phosphorescent glow trailing behind it. If only Tzarek were here to help... He reached out to the crystal and a tiny spark leapt to meet his hand. A sound like miniature wind chimes in a summer breeze made his mind swirl with a jumble of images. An incredible weariness settled over him and his eyes closed. In his mind, a winding path appeared at his feet and led him down to a city of stone buildings. Prisoners in chains emerged from a broken gate, singing his father's song as they shuffled along. The prisoners descended a set of stone stairs to a platform overlooking a deep pit red cloak guards released the shackled men from their chains, herding them forward at the point of fire sticks. One prisoner tried to run and a fire stick burned into his body. He crumpled to the ground and rolled off the ledge into the pit. Corvin felt himself falling along with the body. Together they landed with a sickening crunch on the rocky floor. Suddenly he was looking through the eyes of the dying man at a dark shadow that had detached itself from the side of the pit the beast from his nightmares. Corvin struggled to pull back, but he was trapped inside the dying man. Hauling the mangled body to its feet, he stumbled away. A roar drowned out the blood pounding in his ears and the darkness swallowed him as the beast's powerful jaws crushed the body. Gradually coming to his senses, Corvin found himself back in the Burak's cavern. He was sitting with his hand wrapped tightly around the top of Sark's crystal. He pulled his hand away and the chimes died off to a faint sparkle. His body shook. Death was waiting for him down that path. He couldn't go on, but he would never make it back through the crack by himself. Please show me the way out of here, he whispered. I want to go home. Dizziness overcame him and he grabbed the crystal to steady himself. Sparks exploded in his mind and coalesced into a fog that descended around him. In the cool white mist, two figures walked past, his mother and father. He called out, but they could not hear. Following them through the murky air, he found himself climbing the rock. They must be trying to show him the way home. As they passed through the gap into the castle rocks, the fog parted to reveal a figure sitting on a black throne. It was Kate. A blood-red cape sat on her shoulders, a shimmering crown on her head, thick black bands encircled both wrists. Corvin's parents knelt before her, begging her to open the door so their son could come home. Kate sneered at them, raised both hands, and pointed to his home. Lightning arced from the bands, and his house melted into a pool of molten stone, setting the fields alight. The fire roared away, incinerating every house in its path. The flames swirled back around his parents. They cried out in pain, and then they too were gone. No! The cavern walls echoed with his cry as the vision faded away. This couldn't happen. How could Kate become an evil queen capable of destroying the whole world? Is this what would happen if he failed to rescue her? A rumbling crash interrupted his thoughts. The rock face where he and Sarak had entered collapsed onto the slope. The rocks gained momentum, tumbling and smashing against one another, sending tremendous shudders through the ground as the slide roared downward and ground to a halt. He needed to get out of here, and quickly, for the avalanche was sure to bring the barracks back. A dense cloud of rock dust closed in around him as if the core were still trying to bury him alive. The fine dust filled his lungs and he pulled the hood across his face, amazed to find that he could breathe easily through the fabric. He crouched low and waited for the dust to clear. It was difficult to see through the murky air. He pulled the hammer out and the blue light cast a weak glow at his feet. As the dust settled, he found the circles from the hammer's handle sharply reflected in a tiny round pool at the base of Sarek's crystal. His tears had flowed down it and gathered in a small depression at the base. Touching the shiny surface, he found it was solid as the crystal. He pried at the edges and out popped a thin glass, like the small round mirror his mother kept in her purse. When he touched his finger to the surface, the glass rippled and became dark blue with small points of light, like a starry sky. Hope. He felt it grow in his heart as he looked at the tiny stars. He had made it this far, He was past the core shield, and now if he could find Kate, they could find a way out and see the stars again. He slipped the glass into his pocket, picked up the pack by its straps, and headed toward the exit.